0: Hey, my friend. Welcome to the Growth Vault Podcast. Josh here. I'm going to be super, super fast. Now, before I sunset this podcast and reveal all of the epicness that I have waiting for you, because I'm not going anywhere. I'm doubling, tripling, and quadrupling down. It's Joshua 2.0 coming at you. What I'm going to do is give you a gift. This is a gift to the world. Are you ready? It's called recession marketing. Uh, If you've been living under a rock, maybe you didn't hear that I've been doing trainings for a month inside of a Facebook group. It's free. Just look for recession marketing. However, the content's going to be pulled out of that group here very shortly. Now, as a gift to the podcast listeners, I'm going to publish the audio of all these trainings back to back to back to back. It's going to give you hours of juiciness, all kinds of things that will make you literally make you money uh, for real. So I haven't done something like this before. I hope you love it. Just remember this. In the show notes for this episode and all the episodes I'm going to publish, there's a link where you can actually watch the videos of this. Some of the content won't make as much sense because it's a video training, and I show examples sometimes, and I have doodles and things like that. So if you're confused on one, just click the link in the description. You can watch the video version of it, and also don't forget to go to Watch Josh Pitch. Dot com. It'll make sense when you listen to some of these trainings where I'm going to break down how I put together a sales pitch for a program that's going to make a million dollars virtually instantly. So it'll all make sense as you, after you go through all this content, uh, listen to it while you can. You're not going to regret it. It's a big deal. Love you. Let's get started. Hey, my friend, welcome back to Recession Marketing. Now, this section is called Hidden Gold. And the first video is called Offer Creation. So you sell stuff, but are you selling an offer? I've alluded to this and talked about it a little bit here and there in some other videos, but let's talk about it specifically right now. There's a bunch of elements and ingredients I want you to incorporate. Unless you hate money, then don't do anything I'm gonna say. But if you do like money, then do everything I say, and you'll get a whole bunch more of it. I promise, I promise, okay? And uh, (laughs) the first thing we're gonna talk about, is actually before I even talk about proprietizing, let me ask you this: Have you ever considered the difference between a product and an offer? Okay, a lot of the service companies that that are watching this content right now, or really anybody that's watching it, you sell a product. It's a productized service versus an offer, and an offer is always more compelling, and it's, it's the The simplest way to understand the difference is a product is a singular thing, right? Uh, And an offer is a bunch of components of a thing, right? And the reason that creating an offer, which means unpacking each component of your service individually uh, is better is because you can stack more perceived value together. So for example, if I said, yeah, I will uh, wash your house for 500 bucks. That's one thing that's productizing your service. better way, in all cases, no matter who you are or how big your company is, is to create an offer. There's things that you're doing when you wash the house, but you're not explaining and articulating them correctly as individual components. So there might be five steps to you doing a normal house washing or your maid service. or whatever you are, (laughs) it doesn't matter. There's little pieces of things you do to deliver on your service. I want you to proprietize what each of those steps are called, right? And you're gonna unpack it and then you're gonna give the whole bundle or the offer a new name. Okay, so think about that. So when I say proprietize, what I talk about is instead of saying house wash, 500 bucks, you might say, uh, we have three different packages depending on what makes the most sense for you. I have the one that I would recommend, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts and we can go from there. The first one is our essentials package. And that has this and this plus this and this. The next one is our premium package, which is this, 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 and this. And the in the in the last package is our luxury bundle. The luxury bundle. No, by the way, all three of these are housewash. Okay? They're all three housewash. They're just stacked together with different ingredients and components to separate how valuable it is and help people understand how epic it is the stuff that you do for them. So in the luxury bundle, they get like everything plus a kitchen sink. They get all kinds of stuff. It's the most expensive one. Now, as a side note, uh, because we're in an economic downturn at the moment, maybe we rename your luxury package to the Super Saver Bundle, right? Or the Home Maintenance um, Responsible Homeowner Bundle or something. And, and just changing the name of the thing that you're already doing every day, five days a week, changes what it feels like when people buy it. Think about when you go to Sam's Club and you buy 700 pounds of Cheez-Its for your your 14 kids, and you're spending like 36 bucks on Cheez-Its, but it still feels like you're being thrifty, right? Isn't that interesting? You can do the same thing with your bundles, okay? So we're not selling a product or a productized service, we're selling an offer, and we're gonna give them more than one choice, you always have more than one choice, And then think of the name or the proprietized naming of your offers. You can get creative with this. There's no way I could do 200 examples off the top of my head. It's kind of case by case depending on your flavor and your brand and everything like that. So proprietize not just the name of your bundle and have multiple bundles, but even try to proprietize some of the little steps of the things that you do. So for example, one example I gave in another video was the personal property protection guarantee, PPP, right? Uh, that I just made that up. I made it up for a pressure cleaning company in Canada who was like, what I do is not interesting. Other people are buying, you know, or people are buying my competitor stuff and they're not buying my stuff. I said, well, let's make a better offer. Tell me how you do your process. And he told me and we built a bundle and we called it something. And one of the components was we're the only company, we're the only company to offer the personal property protection guarantee at no additional cost to every customer in the tri-state area. Woo! What? That's epic, right? I looked over there because Ashley's cheering me on in the in the corner, but um, if you're the only, the only company to have a component of your offer, it separates you, it creates space, it creates a gap between them comparing you to Bob who wrote his price in the back of a business card and you're only $200 more, right? But the separation is so big, it feels like you should be a thousand more, you're only 200 more, you quickly become the safest and most logical choice for people. Another thing to do when you're doing an offer is find a way to price marinade them. Price marinade. Now this is kind of a, a different way of thinking about price anchoring. There's tons of ways to do this, but let's walk through a couple examples. Maybe, maybe what you do, which I've done many times with my service company, was you start with a really big scary price and then we slash it down using logical justifications and what does that mean it means okay you know our luxury bundle or our super saver bundle has this and it has this and it has this plus you get the personal property protection guarantee for free at no additional cost where we blah 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 blah, blah. and there's a warranty and there's a risk reversal and you get this and as a bonus you get this other thing and that's five thousand dollars worth of stuff however luckily for you Uh, We have three different things happening all at the same time right now, which are in your benefit, uh, Mr. Homeowner. The first thing is if you're willing to sign a media release, just means we can take before and after pictures of the dirty parts of your house and then when they're clean, uh, we can knock down, you know, $1,000. That way we don't have to hire a photographer and go stage a home. You're already our customer, we're already here. Uh, there's no personal identifying information that we're gonna use, but it helps us a ton. We can update our website, boom, boom, boom. The second thing we can do, if I don't know if you notice in our website, we have a new customer discount. And before I pulled in to give you an estimate, I can tell or I see that we've never done service at this address before. And so I can give you that, which drops it down to here. And then the third thing is this other logical justification, Boom, 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 boom right? And now the price is only this. But what, what you've done is you've marinated them or anchored them at a high price and then slashed it down using logical, non-cheesy, non-slimy, but logically justifiable reasons. And by the way, you don't have to do three of them. You don't have to do elaborate over the top cheesiness. I'm trying to make a point. Very simple things work just as good. Another way to price marinade someone though, it would be to tell a story, either before you get to the estimate or when you, before you give them the pricing about the other guy you just did work for uh, that spent two thousand dollars now maybe maybe his price is going to be eight hundred dollars right but you want to find a way to work in an authentic story about oh that's crazy your son goes to michigan state yeah we have another customer we just did a three thousand dollar uh house wash similar to kind of what, what what you're doing here uh turned out beautifully but he's got two kids that go to michigan state but anyway um give me about five minutes i'm just gonna walk around the house and blah 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 One story that's choreographed like that automatically plants a seed in their head and gives them something to compare their price to. Hopefully, if you do it right, it freaks them out. But you don't want to freak them out so much that they decline the estimate entirely. You don't want to be so crazy with it. But you want them to be pleasantly surprised with the final price you get to. That's what marinating means. It means bathing them in the feeling that it's going to be this expensive and then blowing their mind when it's only this expensive. Right? Epic. Okay, next thing every single one of you has to do, because I command it, I command you to stop doing anything you're doing and immediately create a decoy offer. Now, a lot of you don't even have three packages to begin with, so one of the packages you create is gonna be your decoy. Uh, Or you maybe already have three packages, but they're not set up correctly to where one of them makes the other one look better. So think of a decoy offer as me taking a way uglier than me friend to a dinner party to talk to girls, even though I've been married for 20 years. Let's pretend I wasn't married, I wanted to meet girls. Uh, I don't wanna go there with the super hot, ripped, jacked, awesome, super rich athlete guy. I wanna go there with the socially awkward, bottle cap, glasses, overweight, nerdy, acne guy, right? Because when he's standing next to me, it makes me look more attractive. Your decoy offer exists to make the core offer you're trying to sell look more attractive. So back to my other example where you have your basic, your premium and the super saver, right? Maybe, here's one way to do it. Let's say we want people to buy the super saver. Then we make the premium offer only a little bit less than the super saver, right? So maybe package A is 500, the premium is 800, and the super saver is 900. So see how the prices are really close? Now here's where the gold is though. Your decoy package, the one you don't want them to buy, you wanna remove a bunch of the stuff they get. And in the one you want them to buy, you put in tons of more stuff in there, right? You can also do this in reverse where you make your super expensive one, the decoy. So you have like a $2,000 one that has all this stuff in it, but your middle package, the premium, is only $8.99 and it has every single same thing that the big one has except for one or two or three little things that they probably don't want anyway. So one thing you can do to create a decoy offer is add in some extra things that you charge a lot of money for that most homeowners don't really need in the first place, like like a triple long extra guarantee or something, right? So if your, if your premium offer has you know uh, a, a six month guarantee of something, something, Maybe the more expensive one that's way more expensive has a nine month. Well, they don't really need to pay that much more for three extra months of a guarantee. That's not that big of a deal in the first place. Does that make sense? Are you getting this type to me in the thing? Like comment? I want to engage with you. So let me know. Are you with me? Okay, cool. Um, postponables to essentials is just another way of saying you need to propri- uh, reword your offer. So when we're in an economic downturn, people are less likely to buy things that feel like a luxury, not all people, but some people, and uh, they're more likely to buy things that sound like a really smart, reasonable, thrifty, responsible thing to do. Back that up and listen to that again. So depending on what you're naming your stuff, it can have a profound impact on what it feels feels like they're buying or what they feel like while they're buying uh during recessions what will end up happening is the the top one percent and the top five five percent uh it changes literally nothing in terms of their ability to buy stuff but it still changes their willingness to buy stuff and one example of this is during the last uh recession not just this one but this happens every time during a recession is that affluent people rich people will buy less uh expensive cars but the reason why isn't because they can't afford them it's because they feel weird they feel bad buying an expensive car when other people are really hurting is your head exploding right now right imagine you're in a neighborhood you're not even rich you're just like maybe you make two or three hundred grand a year which is not rich that's just you know upper middle class so you're doing that and then your neighbors are all struggling or half of them got laid off or something and you roll in in your new fancy car, it feels weird. It just doesn't feel the same as when everyone's winning together. So the naming of your offers is a big deal. And instead of naming it something like luxury, you know, the pamper package and the don't lift a finger white glove package, maybe we rename the same stuff you already have Uh, and make it sound more reasonable, responsible, right? More prudent, more thrifty. That's what that means. Because if it sounds like something they can put off till they feel better about it, they'll put it off. If it sounds like something that that is reasonable now, they'll do it now. Okay, other huge part about offers is understanding how to stack the value. When you first do this, it feels really uncomfortable. But you gotta do it just like I'm gonna describe, okay? What you don't do is say Mrs. Jones, a Super Saver bundle, it costs $800. Do you have any questions? Visa or MasterCard, that's not what you do. That's not unpacking or stacking the value. You say, oh, Mrs. Jones, can I take like 60 seconds and unpack everything you're gonna get inside the Super Saver bundle? It's a lot of things. I think you're gonna be really excited about it, but you might have some questions too. Fair enough? Perfect. First thing you're gonna get is our three-step safety protocol, which we do on every job site every time to guarantee that this doesn't happen, that doesn't happen, we park our trucks in the street so that no oil from a truck could potentially leak in your driveway, but that's just something we do, one of the many things that makes us different. The next thing you're gonna get is you're gonna get a full 17-point property inspection and uh, and you're gonna get a verbal sign-off from the crew leader before we actually begin the work. And that just means they're gonna recap the work, get their attack plan on how they're gonna do it to be safe and be efficient and blah 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 and protect your plants and blah blah. The third thing you're going to get is we apply all the the proprietary detergents to your house and we let it dwell for twice as long as most other companies do, uh, which you know, costs us a little bit more in labor, but the results are going to blow you away. The next part of the thing that you're going to get is you're going to get a free sidewalk cleaning. Uh, We offer that only in part of the super saver bundle. And the reason it's easier for us to throw that in is because we already have everything out, blah, 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 blah. The next thing you get is this, the next, and look, it, it gets uncomfortable to talk that long to unpack your thing, but that is exactly how you need to do it especially at the end when you say you know it's it's $800 it's it's $1400 uh, but we have a bonus right now for the month of September and we still have a few more days The bonus by itself is worth $500. We get that for free as long as you let us take before and after pictures of it. Uh, And with our new customer discount and the media release, boom, 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 your total price $850. So you marinate them at a high price, you unpack the stack, right? Is this so epic? I know that it is, okay. Now I just gave an example of a bonus in my example there but bonuses are another really great part of an irresistible offer. It's think of something you can do that has very low marginal cost to you, right? It doesn't cost you tons of money to do it, but it feels really, really epic to the person. I was talking to my wife today when we were driving, she's like, Hmm, I wonder if people offered free chandelier cleaning if that would do something because like maybe people don't have a, you know, an affluent financial situation if they don't have a chandelier. Maybe it's like a dog whistle, and we're just kind of talking about that. But if you have a bonus of something like that, which you know maybe chandelier cleaning can be a nightmare, I don't know, maybe it's a bad example. But you think of something you can do that feels like it's worth X, that you can throw in, but your marginal cost might be 35 minutes of labor, which costs $20 to you or something, right? Can you see it? And you do the bonuses at the end, you want them as high value as possible, preferably as low cost as valuable, but high perceived value as possible, um, And it puts people over the top. It just throws it over the edge. Okay. Last part here before I go to the second page. Oh, you didn't know that was down there. Did you? Is the value equation from Alex Hormozy and Alex, I'll write his name here in case you want to look him up. Pretty much everyone's starting to find out who Alex is now. He's, Dominating the internet, uh, but Ashley and I have known him for several years, and I knew he's a genius five years ago <laughs> when no one was talking about him yet. Uh, but this is a screenshot of his book. It's I think it's a free book or it's like a dollar or something. But it's called Hundred Million Dollar Offers. It's a phenomenal book. You should all go buy it. This is what he calls the value equation. So I want you to think about this for your business. This applies for any industry, but. The prospect, the buyer of which you are one, right? When we're deciding whether to give money for something, here's kind of what's going on in our head. If you look at the top left, we're fantasizing about a dream outcome, okay? And if if the dream outcome you are offering your customers is really, really dreamy and epic and juicy, that's good. If the dream outcome you're offering just feels kind of meh, then that's bad, right? So if you're gonna rate yourself like how epic is the dream outcome you're promising someone in the first place? Oh yeah, we can re- we can wash your house for you. Yeah, no problem. That's one thing. But the way you articulate it, where you have you know the mold resistant after effect, something something with the total something guarantee, blah blah blah, with the now lift it without lifting a finger, get your weekend back, white glove house rush, blah blah blah. That's like a stronger articulated dream outcome. Okay. Another example of a dream outcome, to keep it simple, that he uses a lot of examples of in the book, is like weight loss, so people wanna lose weight. The dream outcome is to have six pack abs, and to be fit, and have everyone think that they're awesome, right? That's the dream outcome. The problem is, is the next part. The top right, it says perceived likelihood of achievement. People don't believe it will work for them, or they think that you're just a shicey sales guy, and what you're promising won't really be as epic as you think. So what does that mean? It means this, to to create massive perceived value, you have to not only paint the picture of the dream outcome the person wants, but then you have to help them understand that not only is it likely that it's gonna work out exactly as described, but that it's abnormally likely that it's overwhelmingly likely. Uh, Another good example Alex gives is uh, if you were going to get plastic surgery done, would you, (laughs) would you hire the guy for $10,000 that just came out of medical school and it's his fifth plastic surgery that he's doing on you? Or would you hire the guy who's done 10,000 of them, but it costs $40,000, right? Ooh, interesting. You see these two things both have the same dream outcome promised, which is, you know, I don't know, puffy lips so you look ridiculous like this or something. But but the perceived likelihood of success is so different <laughs> that the value is different. In fact, it's not unreasonable at all to pay four times as much for the guy that's on 10,000 of them because the downside risk of them botching your face is like really scary, right? So What's the, how, how believable is the success that you're promising your client? And you do that through testimonial, social proof, before and after pictures, bathing people in proof, 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 proof. You want extreme examples. In fact, a lot of you should go clean for free and do services for free just to accumulate the examples to show people. It's not about the money, but this adds to your value equation. If the bottom left is time delay. Time delay means things that take less time are more valuable. So if you're booked out four weeks, which people, this happens in services all the time because they don't raise their prices fast enough, then it's less valuable. If I have to wait four weeks to pay you $500 for a service or I can wait 24 hours and pay someone $800 for the same service, those are the same thing, right? And for the certain person, $1,000 in 24 hours might be the same, it's like the same thing. The time delay by itself moves the value up and down in the person's head. Is your head exploding right now? The time delay alone moves it up. So we think about this when it comes to language on your website, the way your admin schedules estimates, the way that, how long it takes to get them the estimate, all the time, you wanna collapse time, collapse time, collapse time, because if you answer on one ring, get them an estimate the same day, and you can schedule it next week, you can literally charge like twice as much as everybody else in your market, and people will thank you for it and give you five-star reviews. Speed by itself is a competitive advantage. So imagine you've painted the dream outcome. They know that you're gonna crush it because you're the leader, you have the most reviews, you have overwhelming social proof, you have before and afters, you have all this stuff. Plus you can do it fast. Plus you answer the phone fast. Can you see how you're creating this thing? It's not about just charging people more money. The real way to get wealthy with anything is to be freaking awesome. And these are tricky things to solve. Like this isn't easy but it's also not Mount Everest. You can make meaningful improvements in this stuff pretty quickly if you think about it and you take notes and you implement, not a big deal. Okay, the last thing is effort and sacrifice, okay? So effort and sacrifice are not the same thing. Effort is when you ask your customer to do something they don't want to do. Sacrifice is when you ask your customer to stop doing something that they like to do. There's so many examples in home services in every business, but let's say you're an epoxy floor coatings company. They don't want to move all the crap out of their garage so you can epoxy their floor. They don't want to. That's really annoying, right? So not that you have to do this, but if you did it for them, right, that means they have less effort, which means your offer is more valuable, right? Right. That that makes sense, right? And this is true for for everything. If you were going to sell weight loss to the to the fat guy that wants to get abs, and your offer was this dream outcome where there's tons of fat guys that now have abs, right? And you could do it really fast in 30 days. It doesn't take a year. That's a lie. It takes 30 days. And and the effort was low because you only have to work out 10 minutes a day. And the sacrifice was low. And you don't have to stop eating what you're eating. What? Your head's exploding. Like. That's like probably an impossible offer, but if you could substantiate something like that, you'll make a hundred million dollars. That's what we're trying to do with our service company is how do we make it super fast? How does the estimate either be faster or quicker? How do we schedule them quicker and faster? How do we overwhelm them with social proof? How do we make it literally effortless for them so they don't have to worry about anything they're over communicated to, blah, 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 blah. How, is is this awesome? Let me know, type in the thing. Tell Tell me how we're doing, okay. Down here, we're gonna talk for a few minutes about value ladder and FID and selling the thing. FID just means foot in the door offers and selling the thing means selling the thing that sells the thing. In fact, recession marketing is an example in real time of me selling a thing that sells the thing. Recession marketing was put out as a free training to add massive value to you. So your head will explode and you'll say, Josh is so smart. He's a money making powerhouse of information. I just wish I could talk to him individually because then I know even in a few minutes we'd unlock this and this and this and boom, it'd be faster and it'd be easier and I make even more money, right? I, I sold you on the free thing of recession marketing, but recession marketing itself is selling people into the war plan insiders offer. And I've explained how I do all of that. If you haven't watched, watchjoshpitch.com, you can see me making the offer, how I do it. There's even a training where I explain it. Uh, But this is an example of that. But how does it apply to your service company? It totally freaking applies to your service company. You just gotta think a little bit asymmetrically. The first thing is that most service companies, they just have a core offer. And honestly, most of them don't even have an offer. They have a core product. They're like, oh, we clean windows. We'll clean your windows for this much. It's like, no, give me bundles, give me packages create stacks for each of the bundles right now you have at least an offer but even even those three packages of your core thing is still would fall under the core offers category. Then there's other services you do, like little ones or maybe some really rare high-ticket back-end ones, uh, things like that. But I want you to to create a value ladder for your business. It's different for everybody, right? Made services is a little bit trickier because they just clean your house on a reoccurring basis, but there's still opportunities to have a foot-in-the-door offer where you do a one-time clean for a deep discount this certain time of year when everybody's freaking out and you create an irresistible offer. And then when they buy your foot in the door offer, guess what? Then you work on your sales process to ascend them up to the next thing, right? It's not that complicated, but have you ever actually drawn this out and mapped it out? Because if you have not if you have not written out what I'm talking about, you are not allowed to tell me, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Oh yeah. No, you don't. D- did you do it? Because if you didn't do it, it doesn't count. La-la, like, no, you don't be telling me that. Do it, write it down. What are some foot in the door offers? So a pest control company I worked with one time wanted to grow and their advertising wasn't working. And so upon further investigation with me, I've learned that it only costs them like $15 to do a pest control application to an average house. Like the chemical cost is like nothing and it's like 20 minutes of labor. So I said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna change all of our ads and we're gonna give away free pest control cleaning. That is an example of foot in the door offers. And they were so stressed out about this. It, it broke, my, broke my brain. Now they did it, but they were so stressed out about it for some reason and maybe you feel like that. Why are you so scared to go clean five windows for free or to go clean a kitchen for free? The only reason you're scared is because you're living in scarcity or you have really, really poor sales skills. Uh, Because on average, these certain foot in the door offers, if you do them right and you test them, could be humongous for you. You can build gigantic companies with one good foot in the door offer and one good ascension uh, strategy to upsell them, right? Will everyone upsell? No. Are some people going to take your free thing? Cause they're just stupid and they want to be takers. Yes, definitely. But not as many as you think, but yes, there will be some, so get over it. <laughs> so for what we found at the pest control was for every 10 people that they did a free treatment for five of them signed up for pest control treatment, right? So what does that mean? It means we spent $15 on 10 free treatments, which is only 150 bucks for all 10 and we got five new customers for 150 bucks, which means we spent 30 bucks customer acquisition costs. Does that make sense? That's a scalable model, and it's an example of selling the thing that sells the thing. It's also an example of a foot in the door offer. Are you getting this? This is awesome. Nobody talks about this stuff in home services. It makes me crazy. Okay, another idea for a lower point of your value ladder is what are called bribes. Russell Brunson calls them ethical bribes. Um, I mean, obviously not unethical bribes, but an ethical bribe is just something you do. Maybe someone's not ready to hire you right now, but you either are working on social media or you're running some ads, putting the pokers out there, and they're not ready right now, but you still give them something very useful and interesting and valuable uh, in exchange for their email address. After you have their email, you put them into a soap opera sequence to try to push them to your foot in the door offer. Can you see how that works? If none of this makes sense, go back and watch the other videos where I teach about uh, soap opera sequences and things like that. But imagine you put out a survey, surveying all homeowners in this area, and you post it in some local Facebook groups. Um, The thing about a survey is that people like taking them because they're fun. It's a form of entertainment. If you word it correctly, it almost makes you look like you're altruistic, too. You could go into a Facebook group and be like, hey... Uh, we're trying to do, do some research on the St. Paul area, and you know, some people think this, some people think this, what say you? It only takes two minutes to fill it out. People, their curiosity gets them, they fill it out, and maybe you ask some questions about their home, and about their siding, and what type of this you have, and what type of that, and does your lawn have patchy spots, or does it have this, and have you hired contractors in the past that stole from you, or didn't show up, or you could do so much with a survey funnel really uh, it's crazy and then but that's way down here in the bribes you're not making money yet okay but you're being really smart and clever and you're asymmetrically thinking then you take the survey and you soap opera sequence them up to a foot-in-the-door offer then you take your foot in the door offer and you ascend them to your core offer and then what everyone should also do in conclusion for this video about offers I hope your head's not exploding is you should create a premium offer now we talked about decoy offers And sometimes your premium offer can be a decoy offer, uh, but you can also just have a really expensive thing for sale. Everyone should have a really expensive thing for sale. If I had a retail store, I'd have a really expensive thing visibly displayed somewhere so people can see the really expensive thing. And the reason why is because it makes everything look better. The other reason why, though, is that someone's going to buy it. And you might have a $5,000 house wash thing and the biggest house wash you've ever sold is a thousand bucks. Put it out there anyway, uh, because some people will buy it because they don't care. And $5,000 is $2 to them. You are not your customer. (laughs) Anyway, um, I hope your head's exploding in a good way. I hope you can go through here. I'll just read these notes, some ideas for bribes, surveys, checklists, a free report, an ebook, or a course, a mini course. Uh, Foot-in-the-door offers is usually something that's low ticket. It's giving them a taste, right? It's a free sample, so to speak. It's very low risk for them. Your core offer, make sure you stack value, add bonuses, and over-deliver your face-off. And then, of course, your premium offer, which most people don't even have. You should have it. Build it. Put it on your website right now. Put it on there. It's about status. It should have everything in the kitchen sink in it. It should be the most expensive thing by far. And you can even have qualifiers on your premium offer. What that means is this offer is only available to homeowners with with homes over 10,000 square feet. That's the only reason I'm presenting it to you, Mrs. Jones. Right? Then like, oh, I'm fancy. I'm not like the peasants with the 8,000 square feet house. Anyway, (laughs) I'll see you in the next video. Take care. God bless.